Coming up, we're going to talk about the Summer Tribute Store, Halloween Horror Nights, and Universal Studios Hollywood in this week's episode of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. I'm your host, Craig Williams, and I'm joined alongside by my co-host, Rhino. Hello. And hello and welcome back. We've uh, spent a few weeks off because of our travel schedules and just trying to coordinate that. It would make it very difficult. So I know we have been very late on a lot of the recent news that has come out of Universal Orlando, but I feel like we are both more well rested and a little bit more sane because of just uh you know taking some some time off to recover and in that time too we had our podcast cruise and just just so much it it feels like it's been nonstop so i apologize for a lack of universal shows but it, it just i think we would have pulled our hair out trying to make it happen but now mm. i look more refreshed rhino you look you look and sound I- refreshed and I need all the hair I can get. <laughs> I've been noticing mine has been falling out quicker and quicker. And I'm like, <laughs> this is odd. Uh, I, you know, I, I forget. They say it's your your grandparents on your maternal side that decides your hair. Yeah, I think right? so. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Oh, and unfortunately for me, my grandpa, uh, my grandpa passed away before I was born. So I don't know what my hair situation is going to be in that, but, uh, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. I'll just say <laughs> that for sure. But you're not here to hear about our hairlines. You want us to talk about universal. So that's what we're going to do. But before we do that, I need to remind you this week's episode is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. If you like our content and you want to support us, please consider booking a vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel. Get a free no obligation quote today at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. And now that that's been said, we're going to kind of bounce around with the different stories that we're going over. And the first thing I do want to talk about is the Summer Tribute Store, just because I I feel like it is so well done that it would be an insult if we didn't get to it right away. And, of course, the theme of this Summer's Tribute Store is Universal Movies, specifically E.T., Jaws and Back to the Future. And it's like you're walking through different theaters where the movies are brought to life inside each theater. Like with the ET room, it is like you are standing in Elliot's bedroom and you're, you're seeing what it would look like to be Elliot in that way. And then in Jaws, you're more of like in a boathouse kind of area. And, you know, it kind of, it feels almost more like the Jaws ride cue than it necessarily does feel like you're in the jaws movie but still really well done and then back to the future it's like a smorgasbord of being in doc brown's house in 1955 but then also in 1985 because the big the big speaker Mm -hmm. woofer is in there but then also the model of hill valley and uh, in front of the courthouse and the plan that they compose in order to send marty back to the future that's all there 
So yeah, it's it's a mishmash, and then a random juke, jukebox playing all of the the hits of Back to the Future. But uh, three really well themed rooms, and then you end in the concession stand and the area where you check out. And I, Rhino, I, I don't know about you, I was blown away by this tribute store, like I've been with all of them. But this one really hit hit a spot, considering it's three of my favorite movies brought to life. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's a big part of it is that it's like a trio of these incredible, like classic movies, you know, that you can clearly see we have a, uh, I have a back to the future area. If you're watching this, you can see. So I, I, I love, you know, it's just, it's also all Spielberg, um, you know, had his hand in. I know he didn't direct back to the future, but he was an executive producer on there, but. It's crazy too. Like I was thinking, it always occurs to me as like, oh, movies and the Universal properties. But I, it wasn't until we were in there where I was like, all three of these were Universal attractions too. And that's that's the part because I just think about ET and like I remember Back to the Future. But I, you know, it's it just was one of those like it didn't occur to me where it's like this could be a celebration of the attractions as well because there's you know nods to each one of the attractions in all three of those rooms as well as the movies. And so I think there's just like so many tiny details to look at like they always do a good job with that but this time i feel like there's i'm you know i've got to go back and give like a hardcore like just give myself time to look at every little thing in there because it was clearly made with some like love oh yeah and i i think you absolutely hit the mark on it that it it is a celebration of the movies but almost more of the attractions as well mm-hmm. too because you know with with the Back to the Future room, I think that's the weakest in terms of the the connection, besides the fact that there's a TV that has the Institute of Future Technology logo on top of it. But like with the Jaws, I mean, they're running Q video inside of their room. And then there's also a really beautiful small tribute next to where the uh, the Moldorama is that is it says Skip and Son. And that is for Michael, the skipper that passed away i think it was last year this time got in a car accident with his son and so they put they put a a tribute in there but you know it the jaws definitely feels like it's it's almost more for the attraction and then with et i feel like it's that nice nice little balance in between but with with et it's it's definitely a celebration of the movie because it didn't dawn on me until we're in the room looking at the merchandise that it is the 40th anniversary of E.T. Yeah. And that's wild because I can remember in 1997 when it re-released in uh, in theaters and no. had the – was that not – 2002. 2000, 2002. Yeah, thank you. Because I was in high – I was I was definitely in high school and I could I – could, I'm pretty sure I would have been – drive it would have nope. just gotten my license or yeah. something around that you're you're right it was the 20th anniversary that they redid it for some reason i was yeah. thinking it was 15th but no you're you're absolutely on the money with it it was the the 20th where they uh steven went in and started to redo effects yeah and Much which he then said on the record that he regretted doing it and he would never do it again <laughs> that he said from now on all his films stay the way they are but I know he did take out his biggest thing was he regretted always having the the cops holding the shotguns when the kids were on their bikes toward them at the end. So I know that was like his number one reasoning for going in because he said he always hated that shot. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think I think it was fine. I think E.T. is perfect just as it is. But uh, 
again, though, as you pointed out, the coolest thing about going through here is just seeing all of the little details. Like right when you walk in, the first thing you see is the ticket booth with all these ticket stubs that are kind of strewn about for Back to the Future, Jaws, and E.T. But then even on them, there's just like little nods to different things with the movie so like on the back to the future stub you can see like there's one that says fox and then i think it's like lyd implying christopher lloyd as well too and you know like they even threw in a little boo on (laughs) i believe it's the et ticket stubs so you get that hhn reference in as well too but lots of little details reese's pieces All over the place. (laughs) Why not have Reese's pieces all over the place? And it's just that that's just the the start of it. And then like in Elliot's bedroom, I love that, you know, they have that wooden uh, the wooden E.T. ship prop that they used. I believe that was in the holiday tribute Mm -hmm. store. They repurposed it and put it back in Elliot's bedroom. But that's just, you know, there's all these all these little things. nods to the movies hidden throughout there. Well, I love and- the um the blinds. I love that the blinds are the multicolored like the rainbow blinds that he had in there when he was a kid cuz I I always thought those are I, it was just one of those things where when I was little I remember being like what an interesting window setup he has there. You know like as a you know and watching that now as an adult I'm like hmm. like it's it's just one of those things where I don't know. I I wish I was a cooler kid that had fun stuff like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it is it is cool. And I like that on kind of in the back corner, before you make it to the Jaws room, there's one little like desk area set up. And they even hid in one of the uh, E.T. Adventure passports. They uh, mm. screwed it into the table. I, probably a good idea because someone would have tried to rip it up if they wouldn't have done it but like you can even see that in there but in like et's next to his his uh like the bunk bed setup if you look at the that entire corner there's just all these little touches that are inside there and the same thing goes in the jaws room like if you go to the the back area of it where it's like just a whole desk set up and there's even like a pot boiling in there but if you look around like you you just see all these little nods to the movie. You see like a business card for uh, Brody on there. And uh, it's just like, it it goes on and on and on with all these small little hidden touches. But I think, I think back to the future might be the most aggressive in terms of all the little hidden uh, details that you find throughout, because it it goes all the way from like posters for the enchantment under the sea dance to uh, the photo of them back in 1885 that's hanging up there. But then there's also these handwritten notes around and like the one says like, do you need the flux capacitor for time travel question mark? And like little Mm. things like that. And, um, it's literally you could you could spend a solid 30 minutes just looking for all this stuff and not even looking at any of the merchandise and you know the merchandise is good too i've picked up some stuff already but i like like, all all the details inside yeah i like the uh, 40th anniversary et glass that's like a continuation of that series of glasses they've been doing like that was cool um, and the back to the future has like a neon shirt in there that I've, I'm kind of debating about cause it's really soft. 
I, I don't know. There's just so much, so much cool stuff. Uh, the one thing I'm kind of disappointed in, I do like the, the, I like that Amity Island, uh, that looks like the, the billboard that's like a wooden sign, but. Oh, would they, weird... they did the marker on it and yeah, it was like it, shark in the water. Yeah. It just had a weird, like it was not a flat wooden sign. It had different layers to it. And I don't, I don't think it was that good because of that, but just. A lot of a lot of cool stuff in there, so it'll be open all summer. That's for sure. It's the summer tribute store, but I, I definitely recommend getting over there to look at it as soon as you can. Cool stuff. I wouldn't say all summer. My guess is it probably closes at least by the beginning of August, right? Yeah, How I long mean, does it take to turn a store into a new store? Okay. Well, I guess in Florida, summer for me is like seven months of the year. <laughs> So. Yeah, well, that's the hard in in Florida. Like technically, I mean, yes, Memorial Day is the unofficial start to summer, and then summer technically kicks off June. What June twentieth is always yes, the first day of I summer. Think. But really, I feel like Florida. If we want to call it summer, we call it Memorial Day through the end of July, and then once you have August come in, then that is Halloween season. Yeah. I really for me Halloween season is going to start is starting July 5th from now on I've decided <laughs> that's a, I'm giving it a full 3 I'm going 3 months no I August 1st through October 31st you know, you know what even November 3rd <laughs> nah I, I I disagree with you on that but we will always disagree on that but I know that means we you're get in it the Craig. you you hate you hate the um the Dieterlos Martes I get it I get it no, I, I do, but I think that should be celebrated as a separate holiday outside of Halloween. I think it's it's an insult to lump the two together and just be like, oh, it, it all works together. But that's just me on there. And I understand you're in the mood to talk about Halloween, so we might as well just talk about Halloween Horror Nights because, of course, a couple weeks back, two, two and a half weeks back, three maybe, it's been a long time ago at this point now, but we finally got that first house announcement for Halloween Horror Nights, and that is Universal Monsters Legends Collide, which... Uh, this is it's so fun to see the actual announcement with this because there was a lot leading up to it a week before the announcement. Uh, if you would go on Universal Studios Hollywood's uh, website and you would kind of like scroll through like their things to do section when it got to Halloween Horror Nights, they had the image four legends collide up in that place. But then once you click through, there was like nothing else with it. So they kind of accidentally let it slip a week ahead of time that it was going to get announced for at least Hollywood. But I mean, it was one of those things where it's like, it's clearly going to probably come here as well because it did line up with a lot of rumors leading up to time. If you remember from our spec shows and other things we said, it was definitely seemed like there was going to be a house with Wolfman and the mummy versus Mm -hmm. each other. I had one friend that was telling me that they heard it was going to be Dracula versus the mummy. And I I guess it all kind of combines together. And it's what we got because it's Wolfman, Dracula and the mummy all together in the legends collide house and yeah I, I i like that i like that combination especially considering you know we got we had all of the monsters the first time around and then for us here we had bride of frankenstein we had frankenstein we had the brides of dracula so this really does feel like the next uh combination where we're knocking off three more characters that i think 
do fit together rather well. And oh, I, I'm just I'm excited to see how it all turns out. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm very excited. I, I I like the that they keep using these classic monster properties because I feel like they always say in the house they try and bring them into like a modern. Well, they'll always say like it's a modern telling of the story, but then whenever I walk through the house, I'm always like, "Looks classic to me." So, yeah. I you know, I never understand that aspect, but I I'm glad the Wolfman is there because that that is my favorite of the classic yeah. monsters. I I feel like it it's modern in terms of the monsters are a little bit grittier in their look. It's not yeah, it's not that, and you see that more in the artwork than necessarily with the characters there in person. In person, it looks like looks more or less like they do in the movies, but on the artwork that they use, it's definitely it's rougher. It looks like if instead of dark universe, which I know is dead, and they're going the different route with still bringing back the monsters, but I I feel like they have literally stumbled into a formula that works with the classic monsters at Mm -hmm. halloween horror nights and that look and style and the aesthetic why can't they just try one movie with this look and see if they can get it off the ground because uh, like they they clearly it, it works in terms of these houses so maybe it doesn't work in terms of movies but why not give it a shot give it the old college effort see if yeah. they can translate it because it's it, the fact is they keep doing it year after year after year so people like the monsters that is clear the fact that they're investing in it for epic universe makes it even more clear and you have a look and style that people are responding to so why not do that rather than do tom cruise's the mummy or you know i can't really say much about the the invisible man because that that worked out with Invisible Woman, but no, or no, whatever. it's, co- it's know, called it's the, invisible the Invisible Man. Man. But there the is invisible another movie coming next. out called The Invisible Woman. Yeah, I yes. know Elizabeth Banks. I think had something to do with it. But yeah, um, but yeah, and they are making a Wolfman movie too. I think Ryan Gosling is in that. Um, as yeah, last I'm, I had heard about it, I don't know well, that I'm, that it's it's in production. But then the Dracula movie too with um, Nicholas Cage. Yeah, is that's a Universal movie, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Holt, and yeah. I can't remember the the other person that's in it. So, I mean, they're still they're still going full-fledged with it, but it's just are they like I I guess I guess with these movies though, I feel like it's still going to it's going to take celebrities and place them around monsters mm-hmm. rather than embrace the monster culture with it. But yeah, that's that's a bigger discussion for Universal's marketing rather than, you know, <laughs> what I, I think would work. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm excited. I know we are both excited. So let's go over what this house should be just real quickly. Uh, you know, reading off Universal's press release for it. You already know. Everyone's known about this announcement for so long now, but I feel like we still have to say it. Uh, this bi-coastal experience will transport guests to the 19th century with the trio of monsters seeking one thing, the amulet of Ra. The Wolfman believes this ancient relic contains the power to finally lift his dreaded curse while Dracula and the mummy have nefarious plans to use it to bring humankind to its knees. With the full moon on the rise and a race against time, guests find themselves entangled in a bloodthirsty battle between the terrifying Titans and only one will survive. And 
the thing I quite like about with this whole plot line is I, I know obviously the Wolfman is going into it with good intentions. So it feels like he's going to be kind of a hero, but clearly he's still going to be the Wolfman at points in time with this and the, the bad side of himself will take over. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it won't translate that well in the house, but I feel like at least on paper, it does feel like we're going in and we're hoping the best for the Wolfman that he's going to be able to get the amulet of raw and that will cure him once and for all and and everything will be okay but then dracula and the mummy are going to try to use it for bad reasons so the wolfman is not only going to try to get it to help himself but hopefully to help defeat them and yeah that if if that's kind of how it all does end up playing out and we're put in the middle of it where only one will survive i i'm kind of liking that and i'm assuming saying the one will survive maybe that's also a thing where your ending will change every time like uh like what happened with the the last anniversary house last time around where there was always one person on the throne at the end maybe they could do that same approach with this one where there's one victor each time and you don't know what the final monster is that you're going to get but yeah i'm i i think i think there's a lot of promise in this formula I mean, it sounds like a really complex story they've figured out here that I am with you where I'm like, I don't think um, I don't know how much of that we'll get when we walk through. But I I am excited. I mean, it sounds like a cool story. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. And I am looking forward to more houses being announced. I know it feels very slow this year in terms of what is being revealed, but it's ultimately it's all going to come out there. It's it's going to come eventually. So just have to be patient breathing being uh okay with it taking a while and we will get there because we are like 90 something days away from halloween horror night starting at this point it is rapidly uh coming upon us and ultimately it doesn't matter what the houses are that are announced we're still going anyways we're gonna have a fantastic time it's uh it's just it's that excitement of trying to figure out what it is besides besides the weekend which it's like, again, why not just announce it at this point in time? So I was talking to somebody and and I don't know anybody that works at Universal Creative or anything like that. And I don't know how this person knows anybody. So it was just a regular person out on the street. I'm not saying I know anything that anybody else wouldn't know. But my I have a friend who has a friend sort of a thing that they said that their friend had been tasked with actually working on the Scooby-Doo related Halloween Horror Nights thing. So I don't. I don't know that that means that that's happening or not, or I don't know that it, you know how sometimes people just say things to say things because they're like, oh yeah, like I, 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 we all, you've worked at a theme park, I've worked at a theme park, and we all know the type of person who likes to just throw out nonsense like it's fact. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel, I very much feel like this person probably got a story from somebody like that or anything like that, but. I am actually very surprised that we haven't had another house announcement considering this one I felt like came a little bit late. Um, and I feel like in terms of other rumors we had talked about on that speculation map we had done a couple weeks ago, um, that if there were going to be a Stranger Things Halloween Horror Nights house, it would be announced like right now because it seems like this would be the moment to capitalize, not just on like an SEO search, but right now Stranger Things season four is like the largest, the biggest hit show that Netflix has ever had in terms of consumable contents with like minutes and hours that people have done over this week. And so it seems like this is when you would want to announce your house if you were having it. So I feel like we're basically getting a confirmation 
that there isn't a Stranger yeah. Things house right now. But I, I could be completely wrong. They could be like, they could be like, holy cow, we didn't know it would be such a big hit. So maybe now we'll scramble and try and replace one of the other houses with it. But yeah. who knows? I, yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, I, I still haven't heard anything guaranteed on Stranger Things. And so when that that second version of the speculation map came out and it was all of a sudden on there replacing mm-hmm. uh, the Fear Street. Fear Street, that was a complete shock. And so I still can't, you know, from again, the, I'm with you. I know friends of friends and I haven't heard anything on on Stranger Things. So I'm still not expecting that but then when it comes uh, there's only one other house and i'm not counting the weekend in there but there's one other house that i i have heard from multiple people now that is coming i'm not going to say which one but uh, i feel it, like if i were to if i were a guessing man i feel like not having i haven't talked to you about it or anything like that i feel like the one of all the speculating that we've had that feels fairly credible would be the pumpkin the pumpkin Lord sequel house, considering it became that cult classic. We saw the little boo has been referenced like multiple times recently. And like, we know they keep those pumpkins around cause they've been using them for the last couple of years in the scare zone. And then the trick or treat scare zone. And then the other thing. And so it's like, okay, well how hard would it be to do a sequel to that house? You know, that quickly, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I see. I heard that one long, long time ago before it was on the second speculation map. So I still have high hopes for that. The mm-hmm. one that I am very confident on is a it's another intellectual property one. But oh, interesting. I'm going okay. to leave it at that. But it's uh, it, it's one that we talked about. Uh, for oh, okay. Sure. Okay. And okay. On both maps. So I, I yeah. think that one's sticking. And for the Scooby Doo thing, I mean, it's listen, it would be cool. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't, it doesn't happen, happen. But yeah. it's it's also one of those ones too that feels like it could come down to the wire in terms of a yeah. make or break if if it goes through. It'll either it, it would either go all the way to the end or at the last second be like, surprise, the purge part five. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Purge forever and ever and ever. Yeah. <laughs> so but Halloween, love Halloween, anxious for these next announcements, but we are going to move to the other coast and go to Universal Studios Hollywood because we did get a, a, a recent update on Universal Studios Hollywood's uh, Super Nintendo World that is coming very quickly, which uh, now they're saying it will open in early 2023 and the reason they gave an update is to of course talk about the signature attraction that will be in super nintendo world and that of course is mario kart bowser's challenge so uh, it gets a name change from japan because in japan it is uh it is mario kart koopa's challenge but you know what beyond that it will most likely be the exact same ride that people have been experiencing and loving in Universal Studios Japan. And I am so, so anxious for this to all open up. I know we've been kind of back and forth from like our, our perspective on it saying, you know what, it's maybe, maybe we'll see it in Hollywood eventually when we see it or see it in Orlando. I, I feel like Japan's still out of the question to see it before it even opens up on, on our domestic United States parks. But yeah, I, I really, really want to be at Universal Studios Hollywood for the opening. 
of Super Nintendo World now. It's like I'm I'm anxious for it. I'm very anxious for it. I'm also very excited for it, and I would definitely plan a trip um, sort of around when the opening of this is because you know I love California. I love LA. You do love LA, and of course, it's not just like not just the excitement of seeing it too it just it sounds like such a cool ride i have watched the ride through videos that like uh tdr explorer did of super nintendo world and the mario kart attraction when it opened up because yeah i i wanted to see it i wanted to know how to get excited for it and i'm sure it is an attraction that will look much better in person than just through videos but it it's still as a a fan of Nintendo products it looks really cool and if you know nothing about the ride just the the press release version of it is the sophisticated ride is a multi-sensory cornucopia of color sound and movement that invites guests to navigate familiar environs through the creative use and integration of head-mounted augmented reality goggles a key point of differentiation that distinguishes this ride from other theme park attractions. From the depths of the dungeon within Bowser's Castle, guests will climb aboard stadium-style four-seat Mario Kart vehicles inspired by the video game, put on their AR goggles, and then with a 3-2-1 go signal from Lackey 2, they will be off to the races. The premise is simple, but equally inspiring and challenging, and will appeal to guests of all ages, regardless of gaming experience. As part of Team Mario, guests will steer through courses underwater and in the clouds to compete for the Golden Cup while collecting coins to defeat Team Bowser and win. Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge raises the stakes for guests as an intriguing and repeatable ride with a variety of outcomes. And I think that is a big part about it is that they flat out say it's a repeatable ride. Maybe they're lying, but I love a good ride that has repeatability to it. And if it delivers on that, if it feels like something that you want to go on over and over and over again, then you know what? sign me up. I will be there for it. I will ride it as much as possible. And yeah, so, so very excited for it. But I believe that is it for this little news cap in this. Uh, Rhino, do you have anything else to say? No, I think you covered it wonderfully. Then I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and watch. If you were watching this on YouTube, please hit the thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and leave comments, questions, and video suggestions in the comments section. If you listen to this, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if it's in a place where you can leave a rating and review, do that mean a lot to us. And of course, if you want to support us more, you can always book a trip through Dreams Unlimited Travel. Get a free no obligation quote today at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. But with that being said, I want to say thank you very much to Rhino for being here. Thank you. And thank you to everyone out there for watching and listening. I truly hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. Until then, remember, we still haven't changed the name. 